to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Happy 2022. I hope you are all doing well, you're safe, uh, you're taking care of yourselves. And uh, for those of you who are not feeling well, either emotionally or physically, I'm sending you good vibes. And I'm also hoping that the first part of this episode is going to be of help to you. So I know that it's easy to get into a space where uh, the new year just brings up a lot of frustrations and um past failures. And so if you're feeling sad, depressed, disheartened, unmotivated, the first part of this episode is all for you. Um, and so what I usually do on uh, on the new year is I, use, I do my typical uh, pep talk. I go through usually a list of tips that I think could be helpful for you uh, going into the new year. And this is no different. Uh, what I try to do is to not look at the previous year's list and just go through and from what I've experienced, and even more importantly, from what I've seen in workshops and from my coaching, I pull together a new list every year based on what I see as most valuable and also what I kind of intuit would be most supportive to the community. And this year is no different. So I'm going, the first part of the episode will just be all about how do you get yourself unstuck? How do you even get yourself to a place where you have some motivation going into 2022? That's the first part of this episode. Second part will be just my list of tips. And um, some of these will be repeats from previous episodes and from previous uh, New Year's. And there'll definitely be some new ones on here. And also just perhaps a different lens to look at them in. Uh, often in, our, in this podcast, I will repeat things. And I know you, you'll hear me say the same things over and over again. Uh, I'm not about creating new stuff just to create new stuff. I want to give you things that I know have been helpful. And I also know that it takes us a while as hunter types to integrate those things. And it's also really easy for us to forget. 
right? So you may know intellectually as you're listening to some of the lists uh, on this episode, you might go, oh, I know that, I know that, I know that. But ask yourself, are you actually doing it? Are you actually integrating that into your life? Because knowing it and integrating it are completely separate planets. So I want you to think about that as I go through the uh, all the different points I mentioned in this episode. So just one quick announcement. Uh, I know many of you have been emailing about this. Our next Alive online workshop will be announced shortly, within the next probably two weeks. So if you're not on the email list, get on the email list. We will announce it first. If you're on the pre-registration list, if you mentioned I want to get into the next one, you will get an email one week prior to everyone else. So uh, the cliff notes on uh, the workshop. So we've been doing this workshop since 2016. This will be our 10th Alive online workshop. And basically, it's uh, it's active participation in working on the things that we talk about in this podcast. How do you integrate those into your life with a community around you? And so we cover the four areas that I think are most beneficial and what we most need support with. And so each session will be uh, the first session will be on goal setting and life visioning. Second session will be time management. Third session will be wellness planning. And the fourth session will be creating support systems. So uh, this has really been such a pleasure to do this work with all of you. It's our opportunity to connect with all of you and offer support and connect you all with your with each other, which is, I think, a big piece of, of what we do when we do these workshops. So if you're interested, keep an eye on your inbox, and we will be announcing the dates uh, shortly. Uh, the one note I would say is if you want to get in, register as soon as you see the email, because we usually fill up now within a few hours. Uh, I think the last time we filled up within like four or five hours of announcement. So if you haven't already get on the email list if you'd like to join us. Um, we'd love to have you. It's such a, a great experience. And I also love getting emails from people throughout the year uh, telling me things that they were able to do and accomplish as a result of the inspiration they got from the workshop. So if you'd like to join us, stay on the email list. We will announce it uh, probably via email first. I may not announce it on the podcast. I will see. I've got another podcast already recorded and ready to go. Uh, but if you see the email and you want to join us, I would uh, encourage you to, to join right away. So as I mentioned, the first part of this episode is going to be about how do we get ourselves unstuck? For those of you who are feeling depressed or unmotivated, disheartened, and when you think about the new year, you're just like, oh God, um, I just don't have it in me to like set any intentions for the new year. It's just the weight of life is just on your shoulders. This first part is part of the episode is just about getting you unstuck, maybe lifting up, uh, lifting off some of those that weight, so you can get to a place of clarity, so that you can have a little energy towards what are the next steps, what can I do to make my life better. Uh, so to get to hope, we often need to travel through self empathy or getting empathy of some kind for the pain that we've gone through. So the reality is being wired this way is extremely, extremely difficult, okay? It's not the easiest neurological wiring to have, right? So the, cha the challenges from the ADHD um, symptoms that we have start to build up and they build up and they build up and there's a lot of self-judgment that starts to pile up and that leads to overwhelm. And so what tends to happen, as you've heard me say in the past, is stress and anxiety start to, to build 
and then we go into distraction and procrastination. So if you're finding yourself just completely distracting yourself, spending so much time just burning, doing things that you know, you're like, I'm just wasting my time, but I can't help it, more than likely the core of that is stress and anxiety, self-judgment. It's the weight of stuff that is accumulated that's keeping you from getting yourself unstuck. So it's really important to recognize the distraction and the procrastination are not the the thing. The thing is the stress, the anxiety, the unprocessed things that have come up that if you start to go through those a little bit, spend a little time working on that, you may just get yourself unstuck. There's a part of you that may have given up and go, oh, I've tried this so many times and I just can't. So that that mindset is going to keep you from making any real progress because you may take, you know, may get the will up to do it for like a day or two and then all of that unprocessed stuff just comes back, takes the controls, and then you just go back to square one again. So it's important to recognize that when we're in distraction, it's keeping us from connecting in with what's really alive in us. It keeps us from being present with ourselves. And often because there's a lot of pain there. And so the pain is hard to touch. If we touch it, it's like, oh, I just don't even want to go there. And so we go into distraction. And this is not for everyone, but I think many of you are nodding your head saying, yes, that's definitely what's going on. So the thoughts of, I didn't do this, I should have done that. Uh, all these tend to build up, and if we don't process them, then it just you just get this pile of stuff that turns into negative self-judgment and distraction. That's just what happens. So signs that you're disconnected from yourself, uh, anger, feeling guilty, feeling depressed, feeling ashamed, those are kind of pseudo feelings and that usually there's things underneath those. Now, granted, anger is a tricky one because anger can also show up as a way of setting a boundary. But often if you're just spinning on anger towards a situation or a person over and over and over again, you haven't really gotten to the core of it. And so your brain's trying to work something out and it just spins and spins and spins. So anger, and I'm taking this straight from Marshall Rosenberg. He had Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, who developed nonviolent communication, said that if you're experiencing lots of anger that's, that continues and continues and continues, feelings of guilt, depression, Shame, shame, those are indicators that there's deeper things that are alive that have not been processed. So the question is, what do we do about it? how do you get to this stuff? So first order of business is if you have the opportunity, find a good therapist. It's really, it's so much easier to process this through with another person. Uh, processing through trauma, just talking things through. I do this myself. I have my own therapist that I work with because I know if I don't have someone to process things through with, it just starts to build up and build up. And then I just, it's too much for me to handle on my own. And I also do a lot of journaling and a lot of working on things that come up as they come up. Now, it gets difficult when you're busy. When you're busy, things start to happen. And then you, if you've got a family, like things just start to build up and build up. And over time, you just get into the funk where you're just like, it's all too much. There's so much unprocessed stuff that comes up that it's really hard to get out from under it. So here's a process that you may consider doing. And this would probably be best done as a journaling exercise. And I'm going to walk you through it. And I think this is a good method of going through and taking inventory of the stuff that's weighing you down and getting to a place where you feel like you can make some forward motion 
on those things so that they don't just add up and you you just you're just left with a pile of weight and self-judgment or anger that keeps you from making real progress going into the new year. So I would advise you to do this in a journal. You can also sit at your computer and open up a Word document and go through it that way. But um, however you want to do it. Now, you can technically even do this by recording yourself or just going for a drive and talking to yourself. But when you actually see it in front of you, when you write it out, it gets it out of your head. And when you see it externally, it makes it concrete and you feel like you can have some control over it. When you're just talking it out, it still feels a bit mercurial. So I would encourage you, if you're doing this exercise, write it out. So step one is make a list. So off the top of your head without editing, list of, and say maybe in the last year, if you need to have like, because you can go back and back and back and I'm not going to, you can't do that level of, of uh, psychological work. It's very difficult to do that completely on your own. It's better to deal with the therapist. So just pick this last year, pick 2021, make a list of the hurts, disappointments, and frustrations that have come up the past year, both how you wish you could have showed up better for yourself or for others, or things that occurred to you that you're still spinning on. So examples may be you have a loud inner negative dialogue. So it's just constantly saying, you know, you suck, you're no good, like whatever that thing is that's keeping you down, that maybe is leading you to distraction, take a moment and and just write out what is that saying? What is exa- what is exactly happening in your brain? What is the negative dialogue that's occurring? See if you can just write it out without editing it. And just so you can you can get clear about this is the thing that keeps me down. This is the thing that's really pulling me down right now. What specifically is it saying? Other examples could be blow-ups, meltdowns, the times during the year where you really lost it. It's really difficult when we're wired this way to keep it together all the time, especially when anxiety builds up, frustrations build up, and we're really busy. So blow-ups and meltdowns, if any of you have taken our workshops, you know we address these. These happen, and it's how you manage them. And the the key thing with blow-ups and meltdowns is ideally you catch them on the ramp up before you actually have to do maintenance on them later, right? So catching what's happening and what's occurring with your stress levels and your anxiety before it leads to a blow up or a meltdown. Other examples are things you didn't follow through on, things that you disappointed yourself about or you disappointed someone else that you said, I mean, there's a project that I really wanted to make progress on that didn't happen. I mean, we all have those, right? We have an infinite amount of creativity as hunter types. So we usually have a ton of creative projects and there's no physical way we can accomplish all of them. But we think we can, and that's some of that's the trick that our brain plays on our on us. That in some ways, if we can work with it, can be very beneficial if we know how to, to scale those ideas down into tangible um, projects that we can actually follow through on. But because there's so much creativity, there's bound to be things that you're feeling disappointed about that you wanted to do that you didn't get done. What are those? Write those out. Um, Other examples would be external circumstances you feel trapped by. 
So uh, it could just be COVID and everything going on with COVID. Uh, it could be uh, things that are happening in your life within relationships, within work, within your financial situation. Write those out. So basically what I want you to do is make a list from things that occurred in 2021, hurts, disappointments, frustrations, situations that you know are weighing, uh, weighing on you. Just make that list. So that's step one. Step two is to go through the list, right? Now, you may want to split this process up over the span of a couple of days. If it's too much for you to feel like you can do this in one sitting, that's fine. Just do that part one, take a break, come back and go through the rest of this process. So step two is to connect in with unmet needs. So basically, on uh, episode uh, 65, I talked about the needs list, and if you and I will put a link in the description to that PDF so you can actually take a look at it. Um, needs, as I uh, talk about them, I use them in terms of nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosenberg's work, that there are core motivators in our psyche that everybody has that w- when they're unmet, they create frustration, um, sadness, discomfort, And when we don't address the unmet need, it's really difficult for us to know where to go from there, right? So we have to process through what happened so that we can say, oh, you know, this need really wasn't met. When this person said this to me, when I think about that situation from last year, I'm still angry because my need for, and then you look through the list and you go, and you land on respect. Yes. And you can feel it in your body. Needs are really gut level. They're not intellectual. They're like wired into our being. And when we touch them, it brings us relief because our brain is, when we're spinning on something, it's trying to get the need met, but it's not smart enough to name it. So you have to kind of come in and go, okay, what was the need? And the key is once you identify the need, then you can do something about it. When it just floats in the ether and you're just spinning and you're spinning, you don't have any traction to make to, to make real progress on it. So step two is to go through the list that you have, pick, go through one at a time and ask yourself what needs were not met in this situation. Go through the list from the PDF that I will link to. And as you think about that situation, look through the list and inevitably one or two or three or four needs will show up and you'll feel them in your body and you go, "Mm, that's it. That's the need that wasn't met. Once you've done that, the third step is self-empathy. And this is a skill that we all need to get better at as hunter types, which is we need to understand, as I said earlier, that it's really, really difficult being wired this way. We have a lot of strengths Yes. And at the same time, it's a difficult wiring. It's it's often much, much, much harder for us to do the same things that other people do much more easily. Regardless of how well you're taking care of your health, regardless if you're taking medication or not, it's still difficult. In going through the process of self-empathy, start with asking yourself in this situation that you've listed, what made it difficult for me to show up in the way that I wanted to show up? And ask yourself, if you were healthy and clear, would you have handled the situation differently? If you had less stress, if you weren't in a situation where you were already being challenged, would you have handled that situation differently? Would you have handled the situation differently if you had better support? Yes or no? And recognize that if you start to go through this process, 
one by one, as you go through that list and you offer yourself some self-empathy, you'll start to realize, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't need to be as hard of myself in the situation as I'm being. Because in this situation, I really did the best I could. Maybe when you look at uh, maybe it's a project that you wanted to get done that didn't get done. Well, when you look at the rest of your life and all the challenges and all the things that were happening, you start to recognize, wow, I was there was no way I could have done that anyway. So you can lift some of that weight off and go, okay, that happened. I've processed it through. I've given myself some self-empathy. Now, where do I go from here? And so step four is to identify possible actions. Again, going through that same list. You've, you've gone through each item. You've talked about your, you've identified the unmet needs. You've given yourself some self-empathy. The next step is what actions can I take from here? What doable actions? What's something very specific that I can do in the next week or two that can one, get that need, get those needs met that you identified earlier? And two, just how do you move forward from here? What's some actions you can take? If it's a project that you didn't get done or you didn't complete, ask yourself, well, one, do I want to keep doing this? Because sometimes we have way more ideas than we can follow through on and you can assess it and go, okay, so it's like an open tab on your browser, right? You have to like assess, do I need to keep that? Am I done with this situation? Maybe you had like, you know, it's like having all these tabs open because you were shopping for Christmas and then okay, Christmas is over. You can close those tabs up. Maybe there's some projects that you're like, you know what? I don't really want to do that one anymore. Make the conscious decision to shelve it. It's fine. You're, you're allowed to do that. Uh, or if it's something still really alive, ask yourself, maybe I need to trim this down a little bit. Maybe I need to sit down and map this out and ask myself, okay, what's the next specific step I can take? Or, as we'll talk about later in the list, what is some support I can pull in that's going to make the odds of me completing this much higher than if I just tried to do it all on my own? So that's the process. And I want to encourage you to go back, listen to this recording again. And if you're feeling really stuck, I encourage you to go through this process because I think I have a sense that as you go through it, you're going to get some, you may not lift everything off, but you'll lift enough off that you can actually get some clarity and some traction moving forward. Again, this is not a replacement for therapy, but this is a tool that I think all of us hunter types need to have because our wiring is emotionally challenging. It's a challenging. We need to have these, these tools in our toolkit so that we can not just numb the pain, but we can, we can know how to process it through at least some of it on our own so that it doesn't build up. Okay, so part two is the tips. So this is my, my list that I've been doing every year for the last few years. Here's my tips that I think could be helpful for you as a hunter type going into 2022. Some things to remember, some things to put into practice. Okay, tip number one, practice the basics. So if you've listened to this podcast, you know what I'm going to say. Number one, high protein, low carb diet. Number two, cardio exercise, ideally 10 to 15 minutes a day, or a 30-minute workout uh, two to three times a week. Step three, eliminate the artificials, artificial flavoring, artificial colors, preservatives out of your diet. And step four, track what works. That's the basics. The reason why I recommend this and I continually recommend it is the thing that I see make the most difference, regardless of whether or not you're taking ADHD meds. So these are designed to feed your brain, reduce the stress, increase your focus, 
and overall start to create good health habits that can serve you the rest of your life as a hunter type. So I won't go more in depth into this. I've talked about it before. If you're interested, I would recommend starting with, if you haven't listened to it already, listen to the five-day mini course. You can get to get to that by going to drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course, absolutely free. You'll get an email once a day for five days and it walks you through all of the basics that we talk about on this podcast. Tip number two is pick one. So us hunter types have an immense ability to be creative and a powerful ability to shape the world through what we've created, um, especially when we discover how to minimize our challenges and maximize our follow through. So we have a lot of big ideas. We have a lot of creativity. Uh, but the problem is we have too many. And because we have too many, we get distracted and we get a little bit done in one. Then we move to the next one. We move to the next one. We all know this. I'm preaching to the choir here. So this year, pick one. Look through the list of projects and ideas that you want to pursue and assess them one by one and ask yourself, what's the most doable right now? What's the thing that's going to move me forward? Then ask yourself, can I or do I need to scale this idea down, at least initially, so you can set a doable milestone for yourself? And then ask yourself, what's the milestone that I need to hit on this project? What does it look like for me to accomplish that? What are the steps needed to get from where I'm standing right now to that milestone? And then ask yourself, what support can I call in? Okay, the next tip is movement is your friend. Take breaks throughout the day, get up and go for walks, whether it's 20 degrees below zero outside or it's beautiful and sunny, do your best to get out and move and take regular breaks throughout the day. And when you take that break, you can you can use these breaks as checkpoints as you tune in throughout your days, like especially as you're working and focusing on different projects. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? What's been accomplished? What needs to happen in the next section of my day? Use your movement breaks to check in with yourself. And when you do so, you're reducing the likelihood of you getting into hyper-focus or distraction because you felt frustrated about something and because you didn't process it, you just went into distraction. So if you make regular, take regular breaks throughout the day where you get up and you move and you go for a walk, you're more likely to get yourself out of a funk, out of getting out of stuck places and into a place where you can be proactive about the next part of your day. Again, if you think about the hunter farmer theory, it's about movement. Movement is your friend and it supports you in Clarity, as often when we go for walks, we can process through something that maybe just came up or it's something you're trying to figure out that maybe you got stuck on or uh, something someone said to you. Going back to that, the first part of the episode, just like having those times of your day when you can process things that have occurred is really, really valuable so that stuff does not build up. And movement is the number one way you can do that. Literally get yourself up, out, go for a walk. If you can, stay off your phone and just get outside, clear your head, even if it's just for five minutes. The next tip is do a dopamine fast. 
Now, this is something I believe is new to the list, and I really want to encourage you to reflect on this. I'm going to give you a video. I'll put a video in the, the uh, description of this podcast that you can check out that I think does an excellent job at defining why dopamine fasts are so helpful. So if you don't know what that is, basically when you are constantly barraged by stimuli, either through your smartphone, Netflix, social media, on and on and on, when you have that level of stimuli all the time, then what happens is, and I want to quote from uh, Dr. Kevin McCauley, who does a lot of work on addiction, it's that your hedonic baseline is elevated to the point where you need a certain level of stimulation all the time for something to be engaging to you. So the problem with that is then regular um, joys of life in terms of like hanging out with your kids, being out in nature, things that should nourish you because they're not creating enough stimuli for yourself because your baseline for stimuli is much higher, then you don't, you can't take those in. And so what happens is over time, the only things that engage you or bring you joy are things that are hyper stimulating. How you address this is, this is how you lower your hedonic baseline. Basically, how do you get the, the baseline of what's stimulating to you at a lower level so you can enjoy this, the simple pleasures of life, which is often the most nourishing things you can do. So how you do a dopamine fast is you basically take, and here's how I suggest you do it. Take 24 hours Pick a day, ideally on a weekend, a, week, a work day might be a little more difficult because you probably do need to engage with screen time for something. And it's just much more of a pull than to go into whatever the distraction is, right? So take a day maybe on a weekend and say for the next 24 hours, no screen time. No, basically think about the things that create hyper stimulation for you. It could be gaming, uh, screen time, Netflix, social media, phone specifically, and say for the next 24 hours, I am I am unplugging from that. You're not going to touch it. Maybe if you're using the phone, it's just to make a phone call and that's it. And so expect that you're going to feel bored. That's a good sign. You want to feel bored. Have books that you can read. Go out and go for walks. Exercise. Do things that are going to replace the the stimuli of your phone and of whatever else that you you have on your stimuli list. The next tip is journaling. And I know this has been on other lists, but I'm going to reiterate, this is such an important tool to have in the toolkit. Journaling is being your own life coach. It's being your own therapist. It's how you keep things from building up. It's getting things out of your head and onto paper. So as you go through your day, things will occur. Situations will trigger you. You will not show up in the way that you want. You will feel fuzzy, uh, frustrated. And if you can have the mindfulness to sit down and journal and ask yourself, what's alive right now? And you can just spend a couple minutes processing through it. It could save the rest of the day. It is so valuable of a tool to have in your toolkit. So as I mentioned earlier, I did a whole episode on this. You can check it out, episode 65. It goes in depth into this process. I will leave a link in the description. So you can do journaling um, with a notebook, which I, which I encourage. You can do it on your computer. And um, if, if you feel like that's difficult for you, then one thing you could do is just have your phone, have one of your, an app that does voice dictation, and you can just record yourself and talk through it and just ask yourself what's alive and just start talking. Obviously, you want to do this probably when you're on a drive somewhere, uh, but that's another way you could do it. You can actually just talk it through that way. 
ideally you use that as a crutch or training wheels to get to a place where you're actually writing it down, which I think is a much more effective tool. But if you need to start there, start there. Um, it kind of goes in with a, a sub tip under journaling, which is get in the habit of writing things down. If you have an idea, if you have something that, that pops in that you need to, like an action item that you need to write down, get in the habit of writing it down. So what I recommend is buy a sketchbook. I like sketchbooks versus notebooks that have lines in them personally. It's up to you how you want to handle it. Um, sometimes they'll just have dots. You can have lines if that works best for you. Get a sketchbook. I like spiral bound and I like five and a half by eight and a half is a really nice size to use. You could also potentially use a, a day planner and just have lots of blank pages and use it in that and just flip open to that, write the date and just start journaling from there. That's another option as well. But get in the habit of journaling. It is one of the key tools for us hunter types and getting clear and getting ourselves untied from something that has just occurred so that the rest of the, the, rest of the day doesn't get derailed. So the next tip is self-empathy. It's something we mentioned earlier. It kind of goes together with journaling, but I think it's its own point. So self-empathy is having regular daily empathy for yourself about how hard it can be to be wired this way, especially if people around you don't understand you. So if you're in a situation where you don't feel like you get a lot of empathy externally, then you've got to give it to yourself. You've got to recognize you, what you do and how you move through the world and the tasks that you have to do may be exponentially harder for you than the people around you. And if they can't see that, you have to give yourself your own empathy for how hard it is. And going back to the previous point, journaling is a really good way to do that. Honor that you're possibly, for most of us, a very sensitive human being and more susceptible to criticism and challenges than the people around you. Things may derail you much easier than the people around you. Um, I was just reading a uh, the book Barking to the Choir by Greg Boyle, who I've become a huge fan of. If you guys haven't checked him out, uh, he started Homeboy Industries, which is the, the biggest gang rehabilitation organization on the planet. The work he does is extraordinary, and he's really funny as well. <laughs> he's a really good orator. Um, but he, I was reading Barking to the Choir, which is one of his books, and he was talking about um, a story that he had heard about Larry David, who Larry David, who most of you know, uh, did Curb Your Enthusiasm. He wrote, he was a producer on Seinfeld and the, and the prime writer for it. So Larry David gets invited to a Yankees game, goes to the stadium. His friends had let the officials know that it's his birthday that day. And so the, they put him on the monitor and the whole stadium sings him happy birthday. Okay, so think of the level of support and love that comes from that particular situation. It's like what everybody wants, I think, or many of us want, like that level of acknowledgement and uh, love coming at us, right? So gets out of the game, he's walking through the parking lot, and someone <laughs> drives by and goes, Larry, you suck. And he said that it completely diffused all of the love. <laughs> it took a whole, it was a whole stadium of love, and it was completely counteracted by one jerk driving by. Like, that's the level of how much, like, just one criticism can take you down no matter how good your life is. And I think that's one of the most beautiful uh, visual visualizations of how that can go. It's like the entire world loves you, but one person hates you. And that's all you think about is that one person and why they don't like you. So 
I don't think it gets better than that as an example. So many of us have varying degrees of that. Our life might be going really well, but stuff sticks, right? We're sensitive. We Things hit us and then it's hard for us to get unstuck. So offering ourselves regular self-empathy as a practice can really, it's, pract- it's a practical thing because if we do it, we're more likely to get ourselves back up again and continue through the day instead of spinning and spinning and spinning on something. And then we get derailed and then we feel frustrated and then we distract and then on and on and on and on. So self-empathy is a great way to, to stop the train from taking, taking off in a direction you don't want to go in. So the next tip is celebrating your wins. Again, something I've repeated from from past um, lists, and I think it deserves to be on the list again. When you practice celebrating your wins throughout the day, throughout your week, you are more likely to keep yourself motivated because most of us have the tendency to look at what we didn't do right? So there's a tendency to say, okay, well, I did this and did this, but I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't do this. And the list of things you didn't do is infinite while the, while the list of things you did accomplish is finite. So it's a practice. It's, a, it's overcoming that tendency that we have to obsess on the negative, celebrating your wins. It keeps your inner little kid motivated to keep going instead of just piling on all the stuff that you didn't do or you should have done or you should have accomplished. So once again, journaling is a really good way to do it. Just stopping yourself and saying, oh, I'm take, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that I accomplished this really hard task. Sure, it might be something that other people might find really easy, but for me, that was a really hard thing to do and I accomplished it. If you get your inner dialogue going in that direction, you are more likely to be an effective human being. And as I've said on this podcast before, when I started doing this, that was when my life really started to turn around. I started to recognize that my I was constantly looking at all the things that I didn't accomplish, and I didn't acknowledge just the small stuff as I went through my day-to-day. And when I started doing that, I became much more effective. So the next tip is practice savoring. And savoring is new one on this is a new one on the list. It's directly from positive psychology. And savoring is, and I quote from Wikipedia, savoring is the use of thoughts and actions to increase the intensity, duration, and appreciation of positive experiences and emotions. So clearly that's worthwhile. Um, So positive psychology, if you guys don't know what that is, it is the scientific study of what makes life most worth living, focusing both on the individual and societal needs of that. Um, And so there's multiple courses on positive psychology, but this one in particular, I think is really important. This practice of savoring, which is a mindfulness practice. It's bringing yourself to the present moment and being present with the person next to you that you're talking to, to savor that experience, savoring your children, the people in your life, the present moment, whatever has happening in the present moment that you're enjoying to really bring yourself fully present to it, to increase, again, to go back to the to the definition, increasing the intensity, duration, and appreciation of those positive experiences and emotions. So the more you lean into those positive experiences, you are more likely to increase your overall level of well-being, and you're just going to have more fun. You're going to enjoy your life more. And I think you know if you are not that person, you probably know people that are really good at this, that they're present and they're really enjoying their life. 
And it's a practice, and it's sometimes a difficult practice if you've got a lot of weight on your shoulders, as we talked about in the first part of the episode. But nonetheless, it is a mindfulness practice, and I want to encourage you to just get that word installed in your head, savor. As you go through your day, maybe write a note to yourself, put it on a sticky note, put it on your desk, put it on your, your put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Savor positive experiences so that you can really bring yourself mindfully and lean into those experiences that are bringing you the most joy. When we're not present and mindful, what tends to happen is distraction. Everything else starts to flood in. Whereas if you create more space for savoring, it, it's less likely that you know negative emotions and negative things that are going to come in to distract you or take you down. If you have more spit, if you've grown that place of savoring, it's taking up more real estate in your life. So the next tip is going along with what we just said, a practice of mindfulness and meditation as a daily part of your life. So meditation, as I've said before, is how you build the muscle of mindfulness, the present moment awareness in your life. So I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I have two episodes for you to check out. One is episode number 74 on meditation practice and episode number 71 on mindfulness. So, um, Go check those out. I will put those links in the description for this episode. And just know that the more you practice mindfulness and meditation, the more you've strengthened your ability to be in the present moment, and it reduces the likelihood of you getting distracted. It also, meditation practice has been found to increase dopamine in the brain, available dopamine in the brain. This is at the core of the challenges that we face as hunter types. So if we have a practice that we can do, which is not easy, I'm not saying that meditation practice is easy to do as a regular practice, but the more you have in your life the awareness that meditation is an important part of my life, the more likely it is that you will practice it and hopefully build a support system around that. Join a group, Join uh, even if it's just an online group, join a group that you can you can work with on a regular basis where you know, okay, once every couple of days, I'm going to be joining this group and that's going to support me in having a really good daily meditation practice. So the next tip is stay close to the river, stay close to the things that feed your soul. So it's so important as hunter types to not just completely try to integrate in to the lives of those around us or society at large. We have to find those things that really nourish us and we need to make those a priority in our day-to-day -day life. So what is that for you? You have to sit down and think about what are the things that most nourish me? When I do these things, what are the things that most make me feel alive, most um, healthy, strong, um, inspired. So for many of you, that's a creative act that you enjoy doing. And maybe over time with work and family, all like the time that you used to spend doing that uh, has been reduced. Start to re-engage. Re-engage re with your creative endeavors. Take a class. Join a group. Find something that engages your creativity. Creativity is our superpower as hunter types. So 
re-engage with it this year. Make 2022 the year that you re-engage with your creative life and the things that most bring you joy and feed your soul. For some of you, it's travel. It's making the priority to get out and travel. One of my coaching clients has made the decision with his girlfriend that they're taking one year to just travel and they're scaling way back and they're hitting the road and they're so stoked about it. They've been planning it for months and they're just super excited about it. And um, I know many of you have reached out to me and have told me different things that you've done as a result of listening to this podcast. So I just want to encourage you, take the time, make it a priority to do those things in 2022 that most feed your soul. Make a list, take the time now at the beginning of the year to make a list of those things that most nourish you and make them a priority for this year. It'll make you happier. It'll make the people around you happier because you're in a better space, especially if you're a parent. Uh, maybe you have to like carve, just really work to get carve that time out, but make it a priority. Stay close to the river, stay close to the things that feed your soul. So the next tip is, and this is slightly rephrased from probably the way I phrased it in the past, big goals, small goals, doable actions. That's the tip. Basically take, be, be happy to like have the big vision. Many of us have huge, big, giant visions for our lives. Okay, so have those goals. Those big goals are important. They keep us motivated and inspired. Then practice taking those big goals down to smaller, doable goals, down to like, what are the milestones I need to hit to get to this bigger goal? And then take that down one step further. What is the doable action I need to take right now? What are some steps I can do in this moment to move towards that bigger goal? Uh, and the tool that I like to use for this is mind mapping. I find it to be really helpful in distilling things down from bigger goals to smaller goals to, to doable actions. If you're interested in exploring that, I would highly encourage you to check out um, the, the ADHD time management ebook that I wrote, which is basically a rewrite of the time management chapter of the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain. It's absolutely free. Uh, hop on Amazon and just type in ADHD time management. I walk through all of the steps for how to do this, why you should do it, what are the tools you need, um, big goals, small goals, doable actions. This is how you use your time management system. Time management ultimately is there for you to accomplish your goals. That is the main purpose of having a good time management system. So I would encourage you to check that out. Um, if you're interested, also the Alive Workshop is going to go very, like it's all about this. Big goals, small goals, doable actions. That is one of the main focuses of our workshop. So if you can get in, I would love to work with you on this. But just memorize that phrase, big goals, small goals, doable actions. Doable meaning that it's something that you can accomplish in the next week. It's specific. It's it's not so broad that you're like, well, how would exactly would I accomplish it? It's really down to the details. It's the minutia. And again, using mind mapping is a really great tool for doing that. So the next tip is prioritizing self-care. Make 2022 the year that you really make self-care a priority to keep your stress levels down as you go through your year. So the first step is just taking time to identify what activities reduce stress for me in a healthy way, and then start to integrate these activities into your daily and weekly monthly schedule. So for some of you, it's taking mental health days off, which I'm really pleased that that term is now become 
widely used. Take those days off. If you have a job and you haven't taken a day off in a while, once a month, you should be taking a day off just to catch up with yourself. If nothing else, just the logistics of life start to build up. And if you don't take time off to just catch up, it just starts to be, it just turns into overwhelm. So get ahead of it, schedule those mental health days off. Try to do, if you can do it once a month, do it. Um, if you work for yourself, same thing, schedule days off to catch up with yourself so that you're not constantly just thinking about your business. Speaking for, from someone who does the, you know, has worked for myself since I was like 22. Um, you have to do this. Otherwise it's just life becomes work. Everything is work. That's all you think about. And that's not how you want to live. And I don't care how wonderful your work life is. It's not worth every single moment of your waking life. So this could be scheduling a massage, taking baths in the evening, scheduling vacations for yourself, quiet time, time in nature. That is so vital. If I don't have like that to me, that's on my schedule every day, no matter what I go for my run and I'm walking in nature every single day. And it keeps me sane. If I don't do it, especially like if I've ever, if I get sick or whatever, and I take a couple days off, man, I really feel it. You need to get out. You need to be able to experience the world outside of the man-made world, get out into nature be present with it, going back to savoring, take in those moments. Like, what is life about? If you're not taking time to really enjoy your life, what's the point? So prioritizing self-care so that you can reduce the stress so your anxiety does not turn into overwhelm, blowing up on someone else. It is to the best interest to everyone around you for you to prioritize self-care, especially if you're a parent. So the next tip is learn to set healthy boundaries. So many of us, uh, because we've struggled with low self-esteem since childhood, have adopted a self-limiting pattern of negating our own needs and prioritizing everyone else's. And that is going to lead to, guaranteed going to lead to a lot of negative self-talk, overwhelm and frustration and probably a lot of judgment towards other people. We need to stand up for ourselves and honor the fact that we are sensitive human beings. There's weaknesses, there's challenges that we have that other people don't have, and we need to champion ourselves so that we get those needs met. And if we find ourselves constantly letting other people roll over our own boundaries, then we're not going to make any progress. So I did a whole episode on this, Setting Healthy Boundaries. It's podcast episode 81. Check it out. I will leave a link in the description. If this is you, if you if that term people-pleasing really jumps out, then listen to that episode and do this work because this work can really free you up. If you're in a funk, as I started at the beginning part of the episode, if that was you related to that and you're a people pleaser, there's a really good chance that the way out is learning to set healthy boundaries. I would put money on it. And it comes up constantly in our workshops and in my coaching. So it's a common pra practice for us to not know how to set boundaries because we feel like we're already behind. And if we actually assert ourselves, people are going to be mad at us. And it's, it's just going to keep us stuck. You have to learn how to set healthy boundaries and honor the fact that alongside of all of the challenges that we have uh, as hunter types, we have a lot of big, big gifts to bring. And if we don't 
learn how to set healthy boundaries, it's really hard for those gifts to come out and show up and really support other people. So it's in the best interest of everyone around you to learn how to set healthy boundaries. So that tip, the tip is learn to set healthy boundaries. Check out that episode on setting healthy boundaries, episode 81. Check the link in the description. So the next tip, it's something that I've mentioned in previous lists, and I think it absolutely deserves repeating, get support. So there's two avenues of support that I would encourage you to explore. One is a counselor, and the other is a coach, a life coach. Those are two separate things, and we need both if at all possible. Some form of support on both ends of those is really helpful for us. So as far as a counselor goes, many, many, many of us have some kind of trauma. Many of it's, it's early childhood trauma. Some of it is just the trauma that is that is built up over time because of the way we're wired. And having a good therapist who's familiar with both ADHD and trauma can be extremely valuable in untying some of the stuff so we can get that negative self-talk down, quiet that down, and re-engage with some of that energy that got stuck in that trauma that is you've experienced in the past. So a good counselor is really is great for that, as well as just the general emotional maintenance that we need to keep ourselves uh, on a level plane. So check your, check your insurance. If your insurance does cover counseling, most insurance does now, then look for a counselor in your area, either um, in person or you can also do counseling online. And my suggestion would be look for someone who's familiar with ADHD, number one, and two is someone who's also familiar with trauma if that is something you feel like you need to process through. Uh, You can also look for a CBT, cognitive behavioral therapist in your area. Uh, Many people find uh, with ADHD find that that's really supportive to them. So you might want to look in, like see what's available in your local area, check your insurance, and test it out and test out a few, you've heard me say this before, test out a few people before you make a decision. Get on the phone with them, um, get online, schedule uh, like a 15 minute, ask them what they do, pick a couple people and then pick the bit, the one that you most resonate with. So if, say you pick three people as you do your searches, then you talk to them and then you pick the top of the three that you feel most connected to. That's how I recommend handling counseling. I know right now there's a shortage of counselors, so it might be a little harder for you to find a counselor right now, but be determined. It's really it can make a big difference in your life, especially if you have to process through some stuff that's been really weighing you down. Now, life coach is different. Life coach is about uh, supporting you in having accountability for the goals that you've set for yourself, processing through um, some frustrations that have occurred in terms of uh, your ADHD and not following through on certain things. They're there to support you in getting clear about why this didn't work. Did this strategy work? Okay, try this strategy. What are the actions you have on your plate? How do you accomplish your goals? That is really what a life coach is there to do. So uh, same recommendation with counselors. Find, like, Pick a couple people. Uh, schedule. Most coaches will give you a free 15 minutes. Ask them some questions. Pick the best of the three so that you feel like you've got someone that you really resonate with. If you don't do that, What can happen is you work with someone, you don't like them, you get frustrated, and then you get discouraged, and then you don't, you give up on getting support. So it's much better to take a little more time in the beginning to interview people because you're saving yourself a lot of pain and suffering later on. So the next tip is very practical. 
keeping up with your health maintenance. So that's basically identifying any health issues that may be exacerbating your ADHD symptoms like sleep or other chronic issues and getting support for them, making sure that you're scheduling appointments with your doctor, you're getting blood tests, you're staying up with your yearly physical This stuff, I know it's really overwhelming for us hunter types. It's not fun. It's hard for us to do, but it's really helpful in terms of just you knowing here's where I'm at physically. Maybe when you do your um, your blood test, you, you make sure that you they check your vitamin D levels, your iron levels, your uh, electrolytes. Anything that could also have an impact on your day to day well being, just so that you're not. Uh, there's not a health issue that's pulling you down that's exacerbating your ADHD symptoms. So anything on top of what you already have to deal with, you want to minimize that. So keeping up with your general health maintenance. And I would encourage you also to add chiropractic to it if you can. That's often very helpful for people with ADHD. See if your insurance does cover it. But in general, the tip is keep up with your health maintenance. Okay, so the last two tips in finding renewed hope in 2022 is the first one is been on the list before declutter, declutter your workspace, declutter your house, declutter your car. If you're living in a cluttered environment, your internal world will feel cluttered and muddled. So the good news is decluttering your external world can bring greater clarity internally. Okay, so this is how you free up some energy so that you can feel fresh and rebooted for the new year. So what I would recommend is go through the list of of workspace, house, car, anything like pick pick your area that you find is most cluttered, that's most affecting you and start there. So an example would be your desk. You have a desk that's completely cluttered. There's tons of stuff on it. And every time you look at it, you just feel overwhelmed because there's post-its here and there's just all this stuff going on. Here's what you do. Pick a staging area, take everything off the desk, put it in the staging area. Magically, instantly, your desk has been decluttered. You're done. (laughs) So now you got to bring everything back. So just go one by one through those items Asking yourself, does this need to be there? Does it not to be, need to be there? And slowly put everything back uh, in a more organized fashion. And ideally, you you sort through, you file things that need to be filed. You identify, okay, well, you know, I've got to go and either order or go to the uh, the um, office supply store and pick up some items just to help my with my organization. But when you just clear everything off, you're you're forced to reckon with it. And so I recommend that same general strategy when you're cleaning a room, cleaning your car, just clear it all out, have a staging area, and then slowly bring things back in. So remember, decluttering your external world is going to bring inner clarity to your internal world and give you some fresh new energy going into 2022. And finally, last tip that I will leave you with going into 2022 is get out of your comfort zone. If you find yourself doing the same things day in and day out, get yourself out of your comfort zone, whether that's finding a counselor, finding a coach, joining a group, push yourself out of your comfort zone, especially if you are one of those people that was listening to the first part of this episode that's been in a funk. Getting yourself out of, a, out of your comfort zone is going to tell that part of your brain, I am taking action, I'm 
breaking up the pattern. And there's a very good chance that that's going to reduce the depression, the anxiety, the frustration, and it's going to at least stimulate you and force you to navigate a new world, navigate something you're not used to. So the big tip going into 2022 is get yourself out of your comfort zone. Go through that list that I just went through and pick the top two or three that you feel like are most important and take some action on them. Okay, so in wrapping up, uh, I want to leave you with something that uh, my friend Arthur Leland, friend of the podcast, I met him through this podcast, so he heard about us and reached out. He's in one of our earlier episodes, musician extraordinaire, uh, teacher, uh, community organizer. Um, he texted me and asked me, what's my word for 2022? That's the, the thing he's been asking a lot of different people. What's your word for 2022? What's the word that you're going to hold on to throughout 2022 that's going to inspire you and keep you going? So when he texted it over, the first thing, I didn't even think about it. The, the word that came to mind was triumphant. I that word just came in really strong. I'm like, all right, that's my word for the year, triumphant. And not triumphant over others, but just triumphant over um accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish, things that I may have been wanting to accomplish for a few years. I, I like that that word stuck with. And it's not a word I use, which was really odd. And like triumphant is not a word that I even think about that that often, but uh, it really came in strong. So I know Questa mentioned thrive is her word for the year. Uh, so what's your word? What's the word that's going to get you inspired going into 2022? So take that word, write it out, put it somewhere, remind yourself of that word as you go through the year. What's your word for 2022? So that's it. I'm going to leave all of those uh, links in the description so you can check those out, everything that I mentioned in the episode. Uh, I also want to encourage you to join us if you can for the upcoming uh, live workshop. We'll be announcing it, like I said, in the next few weeks. So keep an eye on your inbox. So I want to wish you all a wonderful, nourishing, supportive, exciting, fun 2022. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you throughout the year. And uh, until next time, be well. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the book, The Drummer and the Great Mountain, visit drummerandthegreatmountain.com. To join us on social media, click the links at the top of the homepage. Help us spread the word. We're a small press and reviews really help. If you've been enjoying the podcast or the book, consider writing a review on iTunes, Amazon, Goodreads, or your podcast app. If you're new to the podcast and want to quickly get up to speed on the concepts we discuss, check out our free five-day mini course. Visit drummerandthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover on future episodes, we'd love to hear from you please send us an email at info at drummerandthegreatmountain.com.